0: welcome back to the line podcast my name is aaron alexander typically this is a place to bring together the world's leading experts on all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind body and movement and today we are doing a solo episode that is focusing in on uh, why and how one uh, ought to be doing cold exposure therapy, i.e. taking a cold shower, jumping into a cold plunge, cold lake, whatever you got, whatever you're into. Uh, we're going to tap into some of the breathing practices related to that and uh, why this stuff matters. So we're going to start off with a little quote that I gathered from Ram Das, and I just got this from one of his discourses, one of his talks. He says, I will believe you are who you think you are if you pretend to believe I am who i think i am uh gets into his whole idea of your somebodyness. you are raised to believe you are a somebody since you are a little person you start off as this infinite being as a baby and before that whatever you were before that it's interesting i think what did your face look like before you were born who were you before you were born it's kind of like a cohen it makes your mind feel tingly uh so then at some point we get a name and we get a role or an identity and we're taught to be a carpenter or an architect or a stockbroker or something in school and then we go to college and then we get grades and you were you an A student or a B student, you're on a roll or you're on the varsity hockey team or whatever. Uh, so we have all these different roles, identities that we attach to and we fit ourselves inside of that container, that box. It's called our somebody in Ram Dass talk and uh, at some point Part of your hero's journey, Joseph Campbell talk, uh, it'd be unwinding that somebody taking the adventure, the call to adventure, and uh, going outside of who you think you were to come into who you were all along. Another thing Ram Dass says <clears throat> is who you are is invulnerable, who you think you are is vulnerable. So that somebody role that you identify with, or I identify with, we identify with, uh, is highly vulnerable. It can and absolutely will be taken away. Uh, But behind that, there's a more oceanic self that is quite invulnerable. And so the more time we spend tapping into that aspect of ourselves, the more invulnerable, safe, content at home with ourselves we become. Cold Plunge 101. Here we go. Uh, So some of the stuff I'm gathering from the blog uh, at alignpodcast.com forward slash blog. I don't even know. Is it forward slash? I just say slash, backslash, forward slash, whatever. The the standard slash. And uh, so the last blog was about my home cold setup. So we will break down exactly what that is. First of all, the breathing practices that are very commonly done before getting into cold temperatures, what they are, why we do that. Common Wim Hof method technique which you can refer back to any of the Wim Hof episodes I recommend the last episode we did it's really fun interesting recorded with him here in Venice California so we start off doing 30 big strong breaths which uh, you can also refer back to the breathing and meditation episode where we kind of tap into a little bit of this essentially it's 30 big breaths (sighs) Take a big old honking breath through the mouth, typically nose is good too, and then just let the air fall out. As you're taking yourself through that breathing practice, you're essentially simulating somewhat of a a stress response in your body. And what that is referred to in uh, more fancy talk, stress-induced analgesia. So, by you breathing in such a way that you would if you were maybe say hiking on top of a mountain or running away from another animal that's chasing you or you're in kind of more of a like a stressed highly stressed state you'd <sighs> you'd go into that type of breathing pattern what that does is it cues your physiology to release a whole bunch of opioids and cannabinoids and also boosts serotonin and dopamine from what i've read reduces your threshold for pain Uh, And also leaves you feeling kind of euphoric feeling. So when you go into the cold after that, you've kind of like got the, imagine if there was two runners passing a baton, you've kind of raised the speed of the first runner up by putting yourself in that kind of stressed breathing pattern so you can pass the baton to go into that cold plunge and already kind of be in a place where your body's prepared for it. So that is a very fascinating thing. As you're going through that breathing practice, uh, it gets into some stuff that we talked about with uh, Patrick McEwen. You could refer back to that episode as well. Changes your physiology, makes you become hypocapnic, meaning lowers your the CO2 in your blood and also raises the alkalinity of your blood, so says Wim Hof and their research. And that gets into some potentially contentious stuff that you can listen back to Patrick McEwen's episode again and hear his perspective on what that heavy breathing does. highly recommend the long exhalation at the end of the breath. So you're doing the heavy breaths and then you're doing the long exhalation and then the breath hold. Um, That long exhalation is going to be helpful with down regulating your nervous system. Uh, That breath hold helps your body to be actually be more efficient with creating red blood cells. So you could think of your blood the way that you produce these red blood cells, these oxygen-containing cells, is by actually through starving yourself of air. That sounds completely ridiculous, but you can think of it as like when you when you tell your body, you give it the signal that there's not heaps and heaps of oxygen to be breathing in, all of a sudden, it will become more efficient with the production of oxygen inside your own bloodstream. It doesn't become wasteful a similar thing with when we eat, we consume food. If you have excessive abundance of anything, oftentimes we will treat it with less care. We'll treat it as less of a precious commodity and more something that will just keep on coming. So a good practice to get into in general, this goes outside of the cold plunging, uh, but is uh, breath holds, long exhalations. You could play with as you're walking in between phone poles, for example. Uh, Try breathing your air out, and then as you're walking, try to hold that breath in until you reach the next phone pole, and then take a nice breath in through your nose, ideally. By breathing through your nose, you are activating more of those diaphragmatic muscles, those breathing muscles. You're also increasing production of nitric oxide oxide in your bloodstream which is helpful with circulation. So that's some interesting stuff in relation to breathing. I highly recommend but if you're about to do cold plunge, do a little breathing pattern like that. So 30 deep breaths like that. Let your air fall out. Hold your breath for as long as it feels comfortable and then take a normal breath in. And you can do that a three times in total and then jump yourself into that cold plunge and you will feel a significantly less of a shock as you go in there, and you'll have a little bit more of that euphoric, stress-induced analgesic effect. Some interesting things about why it's relevant to get into cold, Uh, one thing, it increases this stuff called BAT, brown adipose tissue. What BAT is, it's uh, adipose, fat, but it is more similar to the constitution is more similar to that of muscle. So sometimes when you see swimmers, for example, that are in in cold water a lot, just swimming around, they might not look like super. Jacked. It's almost like they have like this like coat over them. That's this metabolically efficient brown adipose stuff that is actually helpful with burning white adipose. So raising your metabolism, making you be a more efficient oven essentially to burn off all that other stuff. Also raises your mitochondrial efficiency and it can even uh, produce more mitochondria from what I've read called mitochondrial biogenesis. More mitochondria. Once again, equals uh, more efficient production of energy, making you feel better. Final thing, there's lots of things. Uh, it reduces depression, reduces anxiety, and also increases things, things called cold shock proteins. Fancy, unnecessary title uh, is that I'm reading about. I'm reading this off, off, off of, uh, this is Rhonda Patrick's website. RNA binding motif or motif, I'm not sure how to say that, 3, or RBM3, which is uh, good for your synaptic generation. It's good for uh, the way that you send electrical signals through your brain in order for you to think more effectively. So by being putting yourself in cold environments, or hot environments for that matter, anything really stressful, uh, that you can manage, a, a u-stress, you could call it, you are sending the signal to your body that it needs to show up and it needs to it needs to, to work more efficiently and more effectively. If we are in a highly insulated world that Western modern culture has done such a daggone good job at doing, insulating us from movement, insulating us from immediate stressors, say like in your home, you are continually at around like 68 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever your temperature is. That means your body doesn't need to thermoregulate. It doesn't need to to work in order to maintain its its core body temperature. And then it becomes lazy. It's a similar thing with the water analogy before. If we feel like we have all that we need of a thing, then the body essentially becomes kind of lazy. If you send the signal that, oh my God, Uh, we might not have enough air or enough water or the temperature might drop to a a low temp or raise to a high one, then your body will show up in a more resilient fashion. Uh, So very important that when the body is not experiencing stress, uh, if you have the opportunity to expose yourself to some elected stressors, such as a cold plunge or maybe going out for a run or a jog or uh, maybe even doing something like public speaking or something that makes you nervous, uh, you begin to to callous that part of yourself. Callous in a good way. Callous like, think of your hands picking up a weight. When they first pick up a weight, it might be like, oh, it hurts my fingers. Uh, but with time, you start to develop that healthy callous around the hand so it can bear more weight safely. That is the same with any of the stress mechanisms inside of your mind and body. By exposing yourself with regularity, nominating yourself to be exposed to some new stress, meaning like a good stress, it will prepare your physiology for the time that you have a non-elected stressor, an uninvited stressor that comes in. There's even some interesting research that was done with using baby rats, rat pups, and what the researchers found was that the rat pups that were regularly exposed to cold plunges—they dropped them in little little cold water tanks those adult rats would end up coping with stressors more effectively. So as they grew up, they became comfortable with the signal that, oh my God, I'm stressing, I'm freaking out. Okay, I understand how to cope with this. I know how to deal with this. I've done this a thousand times. No big deal. Compared to the, the, the princely rats, like the story of Siddhartha, grew up uh, as a a prince and was never exposed to any forms of stress or he was never able to see death or never able to see any kind of trauma in his life, that type of rat that's in that environment will become hypersensitive to stress when it does inevitably come. So each day I recommend you challenge yourself to throw yourself into some metaphoric cold plunge, whatever that may be for you. A little bits about how to cold plunge. If you're into it, you can go to, like I mentioned, alignpodcast.com slash blog, and you can see my breakdown. Um, I bought a cold plunge, i.e. a chest freezer from Home Depot. And there's free delivery, all that stuff. I think it was like $500 or so. And these strapping young lads come and drop that thing off on my porch here in Santa Monica. Then I got some sealant to apply to just one of the seams. You can see that on on the blog at AlignPodcast.com and from there you can just fill that thing up about halfway full and keep it plugged in for typically about 24 hours or so and uh, i recommend filtering the water before it goes through depending upon where your water comes from you can get a water filter that you can attach to a hose and get the temperature somewhere between mine's typically around like 42 to 50 or so and the to get the therapeutic benefits around 50 is all that is necessary some people like lower some people like higher it's up to you i, I like a little bit Lower personally, and um, you can get a timer so that it will turn the freezer on and off depending upon what temperature it is. So you can set the timer for you know 45 degrees, whatever, and then every time the fridge goes above that, it will turn on until it hits that. That's an interesting way to do it uh, compared to buying like the multiple thousand dollar cold plunge actual thing. I I think just getting a chest freezer is, is just dandy. Time spent inside that cold plunge to get all the benefits you need is only a few minutes. I personally like to go a little bit longer than that. Uh, but it's it's really up to you. Once you get up to a few minutes from what I've, I've read and heard from Wim and other people, you've pretty much got the benefits that you are looking for. I think there's a lot of uh, psychological benefits with going beyond that. Uh, you don't want to push yourself into like hypothermia. If your teeth are chattering for a long time afterwards, you, you pushed too hard. You, you exited the you stress and you went into the, the de-stress territory. Um, so try to keep yourself within a window that is manageable and tolerable for you. And um, I think that's about, that's about all we, we really need on this. Uh, I just want to implore y'all to elect stressors into your life. Uh, embrace the Embrace inconvenience. So right now I'm recording this solo episode while I'm sitting on the ground. You can listen to the floor sitting episode to learn more about that and why I'm doing that. Interesting random thing, actually. Uh, I was reading uh, some research that was done from, I mentioned my, my Instagram stories yesterday. I think it was from UCLA. There's a professor. Spent some time with the Hatsa people. So he went out and spent a season out there And was measuring the amount of time that the Hatsa folks were spending in active rest positions. So either like kneeling or squatting or things of that sort. As opposed to just hunching over the the lazy boy sofa. Or sitting on any chair where your legs are kind of just dangling below. And they found was the amount of rest time that they had isn't always that much different than Western culture. But the way that they rested was vastly different. So... From a cultural perspective, in Western culture, we would perceive that as being inconvenient to do what I'm doing right now, sitting on the ground, um, or squatting, or kneeling, or toe-sitting, or any of those positions that we break down in the Align Method book, and the online program, and all of that, Um, but in fact, it's quite common if you go outside of our chair-sitting culture that we live in. And pretty interesting, the correlates they were drawing from that was not just that it's good for your muscle tones or good for reducing fall risk or good for reducing osteoarthritis in the hips and knees, also things that are associated with that, but also helpful with blood sugar and things like diabetes. Uh, so those cultures have very low incidence of that. Obviously there's a lot of nutritional conversations around that, but the circulation of that blood and the activation of those muscles moves your blood sugar as well so if your muscles are just pulling up below a table all day long they become less effective at functioning in general and could also be a buildup of sugary stuff that we don't want just stewing up in our on our body so really fascinating stuff it's just another option to how you can elect yourself into a inconvenient stressful situation which is very powerful uh, so that when the time comes that you have an uninvited stress you are well adapted and who doesn't want that all right i think that is all we need we got into some breath stuff on how to ameliorate the dis-ease that you experience when you get into a cold plunge by putting yourself into that heavy breathing pattern. Also on the other side of that, I highly recommend going into a calming breathing pattern. So in general, you want nice and slow breath. You want to barely even be able to observe the breath moving in and out of your nostrils. It's that slow, uh, emphasizing exhalations to reduce your that sympathetic response. Uh, calm your nervous system down. And just in general, observing your breath in and of itself is going to help with calming your nervous system and has also been shown with boosting levels of creativity. A calm body is a creative body. So that's what we got. Thank you so much. For tuning in to this episode on how and why I personally cold plunge and how you can start to integrate that into your life. To learn more, check out alignpodcast.com/slash blog. Check out the cold plunge blog. And thank you, folks, for jumping into the Align Method online program. We are relaunching that and making it new and better than ever before. And in that, we have specific techniques. We break down this breathing practice that I mentioned and other breathing practices, also meditation practices, and uh, the fundamentals of self-care essentially is really what it's about, how to integrate more effective movement into your life. So you can find that at my Align Podcast page on Instagram, or you can find that at AlignPodcast.com dot com uh thank you guys so much for tuning in thanks for reviews on the Align method book all this is in there as well and appreciate y'all's reviews on here that's it that's all thanks for tuning in i will see you for another episode next monday